Hello, 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 hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. I am Matt Williamson NFL. Check out Locked On Patriots, Locked On Jags, Locked On Vikings, Locked On Eagles, of course, all those, as well as Locked On NFL Draft, as well as all the others. But those are the most prominent ones for the uh, the day. And we are, of course, going to review both championship games. We have Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl. I'm sure you know that by now. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to have a draft guest for you. We're going to preview Senior Bowl week. Senior Bowl week is a blast. And there you have that. And then Friday, I'm going to review Senior Bowl week and maybe talk about the upcoming game a little bit. rest of the week will be normal. Uh, Mike Renner on Wednesday. Twitter Thursday as well. Like I said, guest tomorrow. Patriots 24, Jags 20. Crazy game. I know this is boring to talk about Brady and Belichick and how great they are and all the things they've done. But, man, I mean, let's just... (laughs) Brady was awesome in the fourth quarter. And he beat an elite pass defense that has better players. He's playing against better players than he's playing with. Comes back against those guys to win with a damaged hand, without Gronk, without Edelman, without a running game. I mean, those are just facts. That's what happened in this game. To come back and win that game is unbelievable. I mean, it just is. It's unbelievable. Now, of course, the game did not start out like that for the Patriots. And Bortles played very well. And... As we saw against the Steelers, the Jags got up early, and that's a huge component to their success. And much of this game was a success. They ran the ball well. They got up early. Bortles got the lead. They didn't force him to make really difficult throws. Everything they were doing worked well. Very good game plan. And I want to watch this again, but I heard Mike Lombardi say this, and I thought it was really smart, and I think he's dead on, that this was a lot more of a Chiefs-like attack, you know, from Jacksonville. That they kind of, not got out of their comfort zone, but they did some new things here. There was more spread, it was more college-like, RPOs, get it out quick, and... The thing he mentioned on their podcast, which is really good, is, and I'm not, I'm not putting words in his mouth, but to paraphrase, they ran so many plays early on, Jacksonville that is. I mean, they dominated the, the, the play counts, the time of possession. It was unbelievable. That you know, I'm kind of adding a spin to it, that you don't want to show Belichick and Patricia and Belichick the same things too often. Like you try, you do something new, it works. It doesn't mean you do that. You run that same play five times because they're going to adjust. I mean, that's like a, a well-known antage. And they ran so many plays early that they kind of possibly, this is kind of what, what Lombardi was saying was they kind of showed you everything and been like, well, we don't have anything else. You know, like this is what we do and it worked And that's not to say you can't go to the well. And they clearly became more conservative. And as we saw in the Super Bowl last year with Atlanta, 
playing with a nice lead against the Patriots apparently is a very uncomfortable position for play callers to be in. And you got to stomp on their throats when you have them down, and nobody ever seems to do that. And, of course, the Patriots adjust, too. I mean, do you think it's an accident that the first half they moved the ball really well and the second half they didn't? You know, halftime adjustments are a real thing. The Jags scored six points in the second half and really struggled to move the ball in the second half after scoring, you know, after really dominating play in the first half. And I think, and I need to find these numbers... But it looked like, to me, the Patriots dialed up a lot more blitzes. That they made Bortles more uncomfortable. They forced him to make, get it out of his hands and take some more hits. And it worked. I mean, obviously it worked. It worked really, really well. And Cooks had a big day in this one. Amendola had a huge day in this one. I mean, maybe, I mean, of course Brady's the MVP, but... Amendola might have been the next most impressive guy here. I mean, he was great. And how many big games has Amendola been great in his career? And it's an easy guy to brush off because every year you're like, is Amendola still in the league? You know, like, didn't he retire by now? He's had a million injuries. He's taken such a beating. And that position lends itself to taking such a beating that Edelman and Welker both have taken a beating. But, you know, he's behind Edelman. He makes an amazing catch in the end zone. He was... An unstoppable force. Again, no Gronk. It was Edelman in the Cook show. They had no running game. Tough place to play, of course. And they did go into somewhat of a shell. And the delay of game call was gigantic. That that was a crucial gift to the Patriots. And one of the few mistakes the Jag that was made in this game. And I know people complain about the the officiating. Jags only had one, or the Patriots only had one penalty, and people were complaining about the pass interference call after the huge hit on Gronk, which is an easy call. I thought it was pass interference. It looked like to me they just pushed Cooks right out of bounds in a physical nature that deserved pass interference, but it was not in slam dunk. And again, the Patriots only with one penalty. And. I mean, I'm not saying they're getting calls, but over the last five games, I retweeted this. Check this out on my timeline. Um, Basically, the opponents are taking three times more penalty yardage than the Patriots over the last five games. And I will say, I don't think there's a huge conspiracy theory. Don't get me wrong. I I mean, if anything, I would think Goodell and the league wants the Patriots to go away. And I'm not saying that all of a sudden Belichick and Kraft are paying refs off or something. But I also do think that there is a notion to don't beat yourself. And the Patriots are the best in the league at that, especially in big games, especially in playoffs. And I also think a high percentage of penalties in this league are from getting beat. You're an offensive tackle. Von Miller runs past you. You drag him to the ground. So instead of saving your quarterback a hit, you take a hold. Or... Randy Moss runs by you, so you drag him down. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of penalties come from getting beat and getting out-executed. And I do think that the Patriots out-execute their opponent a high percentage of the play. But I also think it's noteworthy that in this game and in the last five games overall, it's unbelievably skewed, the penalties, in the Patriots' favor. I'm just saying. I mean, it's some, again, this is a fact, like I opened the, the show with, of... These are the facts of what Brady did. That That's a fact. It's also the fact that the Patriots are going to be favored in the Super Bowl yet again. 
and they never go away. And a local radio host, Mark Madden, just asked me something along the lines about why the Patriots are never out of it. And I want, I mean, when you think about this legacy, is their ability to come from behind, especially lately, you know, late in career Brady, as he gathers information, like Michael Jordan at the end of his career, or a great veteran pitcher that just learns his hitters so well throughout the course of the game as they get better as the game goes on. That's very much a Brady component. And as he learns all your tricks and how you're playing on this day and who's injured and who's not and where he has his advantages, they just get better as the game goes on. I mean, just like the Atlanta Super Bowl, this was a much more athletic, faster players that he was playing with, more skilled, more talented, higher draft picks, more pedigree group of players that he's playing against than he's playing with. But as he accumulates data and the ice water in their veins, they never think they're out of it. And history should show them that. You know, that if you're on that Patriots sideline, I'm sure you don't feel like this game's over. You know, where most sidelines you probably do. Like, man, this is this is freaking over. But Brady probably believes that it isn't. And Belichick believes that it isn't. And at some point you're gonna screw up a little. And they're going to stick a dagger in that, in that, you know, in that little chink in your armor. And then they're going to stick five more daggers in you. And if you can still stand at the end, if you had enough lead, you got a chance. But, man, it's it's an unbelievable situation with these guys and really, really impressive. You know, they're probably going to be the champs again. Now the other game was a blowout. Eagles 38, Vikings 7. And there's a lot to take away from it. First, well, many things. Let's just touch on a handful. Eagles home field advantage is real. And their point differential at home, much better than on the road. Brutal place to play. But the Vikings got that 7 points first drive of the game. Went right down the field. Looked really good doing so. Scored. And I'm like, ooh, Vikings are going to win this game. I mean, this looks exactly kind of, pretty much like I thought was going to happen. I picked the Vikes to win. I thought they'd win by more than the three. That was the spread. And I thought their secondary, or their receivers had a nice advantage in this game. And they had a quarterback advantage. I didn't, I also said, let's go with step here, that if, if, it's, if the Vikings are going to get derailed in this one, it's going to be because a couple big plays on defense, and this is a big play defense. It puts the ball in the end zone. Derived from losing at the line of scrimmage, particularly in protection. The biggest matchup problem on either side here was clearly the Vikings O-line on the road in a nasty environment against a deep and awesome Eagles defensive front. Well, that certainly played to be true. And I thought that the, the Vikings could overcome that with great defense and better quarterback play than their opponent. Those things weren't true. I mean, I nailed the whole D-line advantage. I mean, clearly that was the, the case. And I read this on tweeted from Pro Football Focus today. 50 dropbacks from Keenum. And by their charting was under pressure on 24 out of 50 dropbacks. And, and then, you know, the, the pick six was gigantic when you saw that was, ooh, you know, there was two 
big turnovers in this game. You know, the, the Eagles were were in control of the game, but the Vikes were driving, and they do this strange protection scheme, and Barnett ends up with a strip fumble. And those two plays were early hurdles that the Vikings could not come back from. And did Keenum play well? No. But, man, was he under pressure in this game. They had no running game. 70 yards on the day. A lot of it had to have come in the first drive. Under four yards per carry. And the Eagles did run the ball pretty well. I mean, only 110 yards on the day. But enough from that, for sure. But the the story here is Foles. Like, that's clearly the best game he's ever played in his life. It was a Wentz-like performance. And you guys know how much I like Wentz and how, you know, I would not throw that out there. 362 yards, 26 out of 33, 3 versus 0 TD interception ratio. And that's all great, but he was awesome on third downs against a historically great third down defense. He was great late in the down. That's something you never, ever, ever see from Foles. You know, the the book on him is make him hold the ball. Make him make second reaction type plays because he's not going to do it. Well, he did it. The deep passing was phenomenal. Some big plays that came late in downs, extending plays that won the Alshon. Like, whoa. Um, this, is, this defense, and Xavier Rhodes did get hurt in this one. But they've been the best in the league, basically, against tight ends all year. Zach Ertz ate those guys up. Eight catches for 93. I mean, as great as Harrison in the secondary is overall, you thought that would be a big advantage for Minnesota. You know, Minnesota's cover guys against Eagle receivers. Wasn't at all. A bad day from that group. And they got some pressure on Foles. Uh, it seemed like Daniel Hunter got the majority of it. But not consistently. And that Eagles offensive line is very good. I mean, is is there a better team out of the 32 in terms of both line combinations? Defensive line plus offensive line. Who's? I mean, the Eagles have to rank one. I'm just thinking this off the top of my head. I mean, the Eagles have to rank one uh, in the league. And that stuff plays in the, in the playoffs and certainly is huge. And it's great to see, you know, that... Line play is as important as ever, and great defense and playmaking on defense is important as ever. And the quarterback, I mean, that's the thing no one saw coming. I mean, no one saw coming. And the Vikings got crushed because of it, and they walked into a buzzsaw. It looked like they had this game right where they wanted it early on, a couple big mistakes, and then it was, boom, over. I mean, just run you out of the building by the Eagles. I didn't see this coming at all. I can't pretend to. The only thing that I saw coming of it was Philly D-line dominating in the trenches. And they did. And they can against the Patriots. They can against anyone. It's a deep, really good defensive group. But the rest of it I did not see coming. Namely, Foles. I mean, Foles has his career game against a high-quality opponent. Who, to be fair, the last six quarters of the Giants' defensive season weren't very good, you know I mean, it, it, including their, their final, you know, half of football against the Saints. Not that they were overrated, but maybe they were a little run down and not playing their best at the end. But there you have it. I mean, we got Eagles, we got Patriots, and we'll break that a lot more down next week. This week's going to be more Senior Bowl talk tomorrow, more Senior Bowl talk Friday. 
Um, and I think you guys are going to dig it. All right. That's a wrap. Over and out. See you.